0: This is the Dexter First Pentecostal Church podcast. Dexter First Pentecostal Church is located at 1213 North One Mile Road in Dexter, Missouri. Our current service times are Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Today's message is entitled, The Way I See It. It was preached by Pastor Jeff Wells on Wednesday, October seventh, 2020. Our prayer is that it is a blessing to you. book of Luke chapter 19. Amen. And um, hallelujah. Praise God. Luke chapter 19. Has Has anyone here tonight ever had anything happen but it didn't happen the way you thought it should happen? Amen. What you thought would be all oh, this should be, you know, you expected a certain outcome. From your, from your vantage point, there should be no reason why it shouldn't happen that way, but, but it didn't. And sometimes unforeseen circumstances, amen, take place and praise God. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 19. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, church, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Amen. I I don't ever want to get in the way. Hallelujah. Somebody's reaching out to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful for that. For that understanding that we have, that we can turn to him. Praise God, no matter the situation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. The Bible says, and when he drew near and he saw the city, the Bible says he wept over, this is speaking of Jesus, and he said, would that you, even you, had known, everybody say known. I wish you would have known on this day The things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. Why are they hidden? Because they didn't know it. They weren't aware of it. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not, everybody say, no. the time of your visitation. Amen. Jesus said, oh, that you would have known. Oh, that you would have been aware. Oh, that you would have recognized the day, but because you did not know it, you were not aware of it, amen, you were not aware, did not know the time of your visitation. Can we lift our hands right now to the Lord? Oh God, help us today. Lord, we are living in such a significant time, Lord, of history, I pray today, Lord, as you will. Open our eyes, help us to see clearly, Lord. Give us the understanding that we that we must have, Lord. That we will recognize the moment that we're living in right now. Lord, we're not looking to the past. We're thankful for all that has been done. We're thankful for all Your goodness. That you have shown us. But Lord, our prayer tonight is that, Lord, this day, God, that we will be aware, God, of your visitation. We thank you. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we thank him one more time here today? Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated for a moment. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a statement that I'm sure, or a thought, amen, that you and I have all had, and that is, if only I had known then what I know now. Amen. Oh, things would be so much different. The outcome would not be what it has been, but if I'd only known then what I know now. Hallelujah. But the reality or the fact of the matter is that at that moment then, you were doing only according to what you thought or what you knew was correct. Amen. There are many of us here this evening that can go back in times and moments in our life and now it's it just is so clear. It, it makes so much sense. But at that time we, we were not aware. We we didn't know. We were we were unaware. Amen. And so they say, and it is true that hindsight is 2020. Amen. And something that I have shared over and over and over again, and it's a true statement, and that is that your perception is your reality. Whatever your perception at this moment, right now, the way you think, the way the way you see it, the way you, amen, the things you're aware of, what, whatever you perceive, that is your reality. Now, as time goes, as, as, as the days go by, certainly we can always look back and, oh, now, now we see it differently. But at the very moment, at this present time, whatever your perception is, that is your Reality. We have made that statement before. But I think this evening it goes without saying again that none of us would ever anticipate perhaps the year 2020 to be the year that it has been. There are those here today that you're living in circumstances and situations. That you would have never anticipated yourself living in amen, I have been pastoring for now over twenty years, and I have always in my own mind had an idea or a a vision of, of what i thought end time revival would look like. And I'm getting the feeling, amen, that the actual end time revival may look quite a bit different from what I had ever imagined. Hallelujah. That's something that can be difficult for any of us to wrestle with or to handle uh, amen because we have in our in our mind the way we think Things should go. We have in our mind the way we feel that things should transpire. But but oftentimes in our life, when we have certain expectations and we have certain ideas, amen. We and then all of a sudden, when reality is different and things don't turn out the way that we were anticipating them to turn out. And it seems like everything around us is upside down. But in reality, Amen. It may have been that our perception was upside down from what it should have been. Amen. We have got to be careful. And please hear me tonight. You have got to be careful of preconceived ideas. Amen. My wife and I, this December, we will celebrate 26 years. Years of marriage. Amen. And I will, I will just speak for myself tonight. Amen. That what I thought marriage would be, amen, at the beginning, I can honestly tell you there are some things I can tell. I was way off target. Some things are better. Some things Just were based on unreliable sources. Amen. Preconceived ideas of... Things that I, the way, the way I feel things should happen. And then when I live those experiences and they don't happen the way that I thought they should. Let me tell you, you talk about disappointment. You talk about frustration. How many here's ever experienced something that you thought would be a certain way? And then your reality, it is so much different. Preconceived ideas, we got to be careful of those. The word preconceived, it is an idea or an opinion that is formed before having the evidence for its truth or usefulness. Another definition is to to have a preconceived idea is to form an opinion prior to actual knowledge or experience before you ever experience it all of us you've already got it all figured out uh, exactly how you you think it should go I'm telling you friend you better be careful uh, on your preconceived ideas uh, because they may not meet the same expectation uh, amen that reality has but I know today uh, amen that even though uh, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring I don't know how it's all going to turn out uh, but you and I this evening uh, we have the privilege of holding on to the one who already knows Amen. the outcome. He knows the future before it ever happens. One way to study the Bible is by marking or taking key words of a particular book. You take a key word and you follow it through and you see how it is used within the text. I, I, I enjoy doing this myself. For instance, in the book of Job, and I just, last few weeks, I, I got done reading the book of Job again. And in the book of Job, the word know, not N-O, but K-N-O-W. It is such a word. It is used often. Eighty-seven different times. The word know is used in the book of Job. In fact, however, what is most interesting in the book is how the word know is used. We know the book of Job. We're, we're, We're well aware of it. When tragedy strikes, Amen. Job, who was a good man, a conversation begins between Job and his wonderful friends in which they know. Amen, or they think they know, is very much at the forefront of this story. Job will argue that he doesn't know why this is happening, because... As far as he's concerned, he's done no wrong. But his three friends, they continually contend that they know that Job must have committed some kind of great sin. All the evidence they think they need to see is in Job's circumstances. You wouldn't be living what you're living, going through what you're going through, if you hadn't done some great sin. Job answers, That indeed he does not know what he has done, but still he does know one crucial fact. And that is that God is in control. Job 19 and 25, for I know, this is what Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, He will stand upon the earth. Job says, I do know that. I may not know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I know that my Redeemer lives. How many are thankful today that you may not be, you don't know why you're facing what you're facing, but you can know in the midst of that, that you've got a Redeemer, and He lives. After several rounds in this conversation, he has a fourth friend. I mean, it just keeps piling on. His name was Elihu. He stands up. He's heard enough. He rebukes these four old men for running their mouths and not doing what is right. Job 32 and 6, Elihu, the son of Barakel. And the Buzite, uh, amen, uh, uh, answered and said, I am young in years, and you are aged. Therefore, I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, let days speak, and many years teach wisdom. This young man, he stands up, he's got it all figured out. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, verse 10, uh, he, therefore, he said, I say, listen to me, let me also declare my opinion. That's what we need in this late hour. We need another opinion, don't you? Verse 3 of chapter 33, he says, My words declare the uprightness of my heart, and what my lips know, they speak sincerely. He's like, I've got something to say. It's coming from my heart. Amen. Verse 4, for truly my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is within you. These four men, after they both go back, back and forth and back and forth, Then the narrative in the story changes because then God speaks. Rather than answer Job or his friends, God challenges them. If they know so much, let them give some knowledge they have unto the Lord. Job 38, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this? That darkness counseled by words without knowledge. Dressed for action like a man." I will question you uh, and you make it known to me. In other words, you you tell me something I don't already know. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Uh, Tell me if you have understanding. Uh, Who determined its measurements? Uh, Surely you know. uh, Or who stretched uh, the line uh, upon it? Verse 12. uh, Have you commanded the morning uh, since your days began uh, and caused the dawn to know its place? Uh, Verse 18. uh, Have you comprehended the expansion of the earth, declare, God says to Job, if you know all this. Verse 21, you know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Verse 33, do you know the ordinance of of heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Job 39 and 1. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the doles? Do you or can you number the months that they fulfill? And do you know the time when they give birth? He goes on and on and on. And in Job 40 verses 1 through 6. Job finally answers the Lord. And he says I know nothing but you. You teach me. Job's like I I don't I don't have any place in this argument amen I can't tell you anything because you are God so from the book of Job what can we know amen we can know that we don't know why any person uh, uh, is suffering, uh, amen, we can know that, that, that we can even make the suffering worse uh, for someone when we presume to know, uh, amen, that the only thing we need to know when it comes to suffering, uh, amen, when it comes to a crazy chaotic year like 2020 is, uh, when it comes to everything around us falling apart, the one thing we can know is the one in control. I may not know what tomorrow may bring. I may never know why I have to endure certain things. All I need to know is the Lord God. Why? Because He knows all. He is all powerful and He cares for each of us. Amen. I've got to be careful what I preconceive in my mind of what, what I think should happen. Because Job could have very easily said hey, I've done everything right, uh, everything's in place, uh, amen. God even says that I've done everything right, uh, amen. None of this should have happened, uh, but it happened. Uh, and, and while they all wrestled over, over that, um, that understanding, uh, he finally come to the conclusion, uh, I, don't, I may not always understand why I'm facing what I'm facing, but I'm, I know the one that's in control. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe it goes without saying tonight that every single one of us, we we want to be successful. The word success simply means a favorable outcome or a result. Amen. Now, you may look at success in a different light than others may look. Your idea of of success or your expectation of success may be the amount of money you have in your bank account or the kind of house you live in or some kind of worldly attainment. I'm telling you, if that's where you're putting your expectation of success, you better get ready to get disappointed. Amen. Praise God. There's a lot of different other areas we can talk about when it comes to success. But but I, I want to clearly define this evening, amen, simply, simple success is a favorable outcome. Romans, we know the verse, we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. The, the, the focus of that verse is, amen, that for the good if I could boil that down is that there will be a favorable outcome for those who love the Lord those who serve the Lord let me tell you friend you may say well pastor uh, I hear what you're saying I know what the, the word of God says but, but have you seen what I'm living in do you see what I'm facing do you, do you know the, the suffering I've had to go through yes and that's where our problem is is we're putting more focus on our circumstance rather than the overall outcome. 484 years ago yesterday, William Tyndale was burned at the stake for his efforts to study, learn, and translate the Holy Scriptures into the English language. Tell you, we owe him a debt of gratitude this evening. William Tyndale spent hours and hours of his life learning both biblical Hebrew and Greek. He did this so that he could better understand and then be able to translate the word of God into English. He did this in the face of of severe opposition from the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England and the monarchs of England. He endured many setbacks. Many times it would look as if he wouldn't be able to accomplish it, but he would persevere. And he did an amazing job getting the translation done rather accurately. In the end, he paid for it by being strangled and then burned at the stake on October the 6th, 1536. He was the first to translate the Bible into English from the original languages rather than basing his translation on at that time which was the corrupt Latin Vulgate. Some would say... That his efforts ended in failure with his death. But the very fact that you and I are able to read the Bible in English would cause me to say that his effort had a favorable outcome. See, a lot of times we do not associate pain or suffering with success but the reality is that the many of the patriarchs of our faith suffered greatly amen James chapter 1 verse 2 he says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know there's that word "know" again Amen. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Uh, Let me tell you, friend, uh, your life is a whole lot better uh, the more steadfastness uh, that you have within you. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, this is not a day nor an hour, uh, amen, to tuck our tails and run, but we need to stand steadfast. Uh, We need to have something inside of us. Uh, Amen. As Brother Payne preached to us Sunday morning, uh, we better be able to stand in this late hour. Uh, And if you're going to do that, you better have have some steadfastness within you. And he says, for you know that the testing of your faith, amen, it produces steadfastness. Oh, I need steadfastness. Well, if you need steadfastness, and you do, then you better get ready to have your faith tested. Amen. That's why James said, count it all joy. Amen. When you've got to meet trials of various kinds, because in verse 4, he says, let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, and complete and lacking in nothing. Too often, we shortchange ourselves because once the pain or the suffering begins, we bring everything to an end. I don't want that. I didn't sign up for that. I I just want comfort, I want happiness, I want smooth roads, I, I don't want no trouble, I don't want no trials. I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a late hour, and I'm not here to prophesy gloom and doom, but I'm telling you, you better be able to endure some pain, you better be able to endure some suffering, because when you do, amen, you're going to be made perfect, you're going to be complete, and you're not going to lack anything. But for steadfastness to have its full effect, you're going to have to face various kinds of trials. Oh my goodness, we live in such a spoiled condition. Amen. I was complaining today that uh, a couple of nights ago we had to run the heat, and then today we got to run the air condition. I'm complaining like that's a problem. Thank God for the heater. Thank God for the air conditioning. Amen. We have a lot of what's called first world problems. Amen. Some examples here. When you say something on social media, when you think it's real clever but nobody likes it, that's a first world problem. When your kids put dishes in the dishwasher before they unload it, now you have to play the game of which one's clean. That might actually be a blessing. Just the fact that your kids are willing to put anything in it anyway. First world problems. When you run out of hot water for the shower because someone took too long. Frustrating, but it's a first world problem. Amen. When you and your spouse cannot agree on the temperature to keep the thermostat. First world problem. When your phone battery dies before you get home from work to charge it. When you're eating chips and crunching so loudly that you, nobody can hear the conversations around you. It may be annoying but it's a, it's just a first world problem. Or you go and buy your chicken nuggets and they and through the drive-through which you can't go inside anyway and they forget to bring to give you your dipping sauce. Oh, it's frustrating. I I have seen people have meltdowns over stuff like that. I'm thinking, "Are you serious?" That's where we live today. We we want everything you know, on a platter. We like to have everything just perfect. And when things don't go just perfect, we don't know how to respond because we don't know how to deal with pain. We don't know how to deal with suffering to that extent. Hallelujah. First Peter 4 and 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to, which is to try you as some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13 says, but rejoice in far as you share Christ's sufferings. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, for our light affliction which is but for a moment. Everybody say it worketh. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That word worketh uh, is accomplished. It accomplishes within us. uh, That light affliction has a purpose. uh, That pain has a purpose. uh, That suffering has a purpose. uh, Amen. There are those here tonight uh, and many others. uh, Amen. We deal deal with things in our mind. We deal with things in our spirit. uh, And we wonder where they come from. uh, And we may think they're a curse. uh, But I'm telling you, there's a pain. There's a purpose to that pain. If you'll hang in there. I'm telling you, there ain't a God out there just trying to make you suffer. But it's working for you. A far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Romans 12 and 1. He said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Amen. The Amplified Version says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and your faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted and consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, your rational, your intelligent service and spiritual worship. Another translation says, amen. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all that He has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. How? Presenting your body, everything about you as a sacrifice. Verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. One translation says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amplified says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. There are many of us here tonight, we are pleading with God to help our minds, our situations. But let me tell you, friend, you have to first give your whole self as a living sacrifice. Amen. I'm not here tonight at all saying, hey just deal with your pain get over it no 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 I, I I'm here to tell you I know I I understand more about the suffering than you probably realize I do but I'm telling you amen, hey man that 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 suffering just because you can't get the relief that you think you should get your preconceived idea says that if I'm really living for God then I won't have those problems I'm telling you friend that's not always the case if you've got those problems you just keep giving them to God you keep giving yourself to God you make your Yourself a living sacrifice to God and I promise you God will give you whatever it takes so, amen for you to make it to the next day amen we have got to we get it backwards we're, we're wanting God to renew our mind in verse 2 but in verse 1 we skip that step when it says to present our bodies a living sacrifice amen praise God in our text this evening Jesus weeps over the city of Jerusalem. He drew near and he saw the city and he wept over it. He said, oh, I would that you, even you had known on this day, the things that make for peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. Amen. For the days will come upon you and your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And tear you down to the ground your children within you and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. It wasn't because they didn't know the Messiah was, was coming. It wasn't as if they hadn't been told. They knew the Messiah was coming. That was not a surprise. They had been prophesied many times of that very thing. But the fact was He did not come the way that they thought or they had preconceived that he should come. And because of that, they lived at the very moment of the fulfillment of that prophecy. But they were unaware. He came to his own and his own received him not. They missed their time of visitation. Hallelujah. I realize tonight that history will tell the story. Not one of us here tonight can stand up with all assurity and say, well, this is what's fixing to happen. History will tell the story. Amen. But I believe, I believe God gives us insight. I believe God gives us prophecy. I believe God gives us some foreknowledge i believe we're living in a pivotal moment in history very well could be i'm telling you church i, I know i've heard it my whole life <clears throat> you've heard it your entire life and you've been around church about jesus is coming soon amen anybody nobody is that the first time anybody's heard that before i remember hearing when i was a kid i remember and I told you stories of that evangelist wife that told us the story of the tribulation of this little girl. And, it, and I mean, I'm telling you, it got a, it got my attention. I did. I would go home, and mom and dad wouldn't be home. And this is the day before cell phones. And and the first thought that came to my mind: Oh my goodness, it happened. Rapture took place. I'm I'm telling you, it was it was a serious thought. we but let me tell you, and I know Jesus hadn't come back yet. I'm telling you, church, we're living in a moment, I believe, is so pivotal. We better be prepared. Jesus wept because they missed their visitation. I pray tonight that we, as an individual and as a church, will be aware of the moment that we're living. David wrote in Psalms 39 and 4, he said, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. The Amplified says, Lord, make me to know my end and to appreciate the measure of my days, what it is, let me know and realize how frail I am how transient is my stay here. We know that James says that life is like a vapor. It appeareth for a little while and vanisheth away. I, I, I want to take it from an angle here tonight, not so much of us to wear or be aware or realize how frail life is, but that we would understand, church, amen, we, we can't wait another 20 years to get things together. We, 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 can't, we can't wait and pray that the next generation of Israel... I mean, I want to pray for the next generation, but I can't wait for the next generation. I, I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation. Life is so frail. Life is so fleeting. God, help us to not miss your visitation to us. We're getting ready to land here tonight. Amen. I've entitled my thoughts as the way I see it. The way you see it. Again, you're not my perception. It's our reality. I don't want to have in my mind what I think it should be. And God doing something so different from, than what I was expecting. I'm telling you, church, if there's ever been a time that you and I, we need to walk with God. We need... To hear the voice of God. We need to be obedient to His voice. It is, this, it is today. I want to be led of His Spirit. I want to walk in His Spirit. I want to share with you again, amen, a prophecy that was given by missionary Daniel Scott. It was shared with Brother Bernard, August the 22nd, 2019. This is the prophecy that the Lord had given to Brother Scott early that morning between the hours of five and six. The prophecy says, my son, I will send a devastation on the United States, the like of which has never been experienced. The devastation will come with destruction multiplied times over and the people will tremble. I will do this to bring the nation to its knees. Even the kings of the earth shall be clothed in fear. The entire population of the United States will then know the paths of treachery their leaders have traveled to destroy the faith of so many. My people who are called by my name will be tried severely. But my purpose will be to show myself to be their God even before I come to gather them to me. But the end is not yet. This will take place just prior to my return. And I will use this devastation to cause many spiritual prodigals who have turned away from me to return and reconsecrate their lives to me. And many who have left the love of righteousness and the gospel to realign their principles. Also, I will bring multitudes to know me because at that time... There will be a revelation that all men everywhere will know that I am the only Lord God. That was given in August of 2019. In February of this year, 2020, our world got turned upside down. I don't think that's a coincidence. I'm not thankful for the coronavirus. It's irritating. I I, I despise it. But let me tell you, friend, we may have to go through some suffering we we may have to alter our views, amen we've taken on a whole nother audience amen, through our live feed I I would have never thought that that would have been something that would have been so important let me tell you friend, whatever it takes amen, I'm not going to get discouraged, I'm not going to help hold my head low, because you know what, I know the one who's in control, I've got confidence in him, that he he's going to lead us he's going to guide us and in this late hour we're going to see a mighty influx of souls in harvest and revival be not weary in well doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not as we stand here today now the way I see it is amen church the better days are ahead of us let me, let me tell you, and, I, and, I, and I'm, if, if you're holding your head low today, if, if everything I've talked about, you're like, ah, you know, you're, you're, if you're negative, let me just put it that way, we'll lump up all negative and then positive. If you're negative about the church, if you're negative about life, if you're negative period. Chances are you've had some preconceived ideas that ain't with the way you thought they should go. Amen. But I want to stand over here. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying that everybody on this side is positive. Everybody on this side is negative. Okay. Just for, just for demonstration. I am going to stand here on the positive side and say, you know what? Life at times may stink. And yes, I may go through circumstances that I would really wish I wouldn't have to go through. But you know what? I am not going to let that get me down because I don't want that to to cause me to lose focus on the one who's in control. Because God is going to allow me the ability to get through now unto Him who is able, amen, to do exceeding and abundantly above anything I could ask or think according to the power that worketh in me. Because the outcome isn't here yet. There are many of us tonight, we may be fretting over our circumstance because we don't see how it could turn out there's no way any good could come from this do you think Joseph thought that the prison was a good place to be do you think that Joseph thought that the pit was a good place to be but the Bible tells that the Lord was with Joseph it took 13 years but eventually he was placed in the palace and he was able to look back and say that which you thought to evil against me, the Lord meant it for good. He took the bad and turned it to good. <coughs> the overall outcome was good. Come on, don't give up on God yet. You say, Pastor, there just don't look like there's no evidence. I don't see. I don't see how it could ever happen. They are so far from God. Don't you give up on God yet. It ain't changing. Don't you give up on God. The overall outcome. Amen. Success is the overall outcome. All things works together for good. Amen. It's hard. I I, 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 I got you. It's it's. Easier, much easier said than done. But I'm telling you, I want to put it into practice. Amen. Tonight I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask us if we would. Where you stand or if you want to find a place to kneel, whatever. But when you do, what you're you're signing up saying, I'm, I'm lining up here with James. Count it all joy. And I've got to suffer gotta go through some pain I'm not, I'm not looking for it but Lord if it happens God I know it's gonna make me better God give me the result today God touch my mind renew my as I, as I present my body a living sacrifice the promise attached to that is that you will renew my mind I'll be not conformed to this world but be renewed in my mind come on Let's reach out to Him today. God, Lord, I want to be a vessel. I know, God, You're going to use me. Oh God, I know there's purpose in what I'm the suffering and the pain, but, oh, God, Your will is going to be done. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let's reach out. In the name of Jesus.